irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. LA Talk Radio and all the podcasting platforms. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Succi. Welcome back to another Max and Friends. Where have you been if you haven't been here over the 13 years that I'm here? Well, if it's your first time, welcome to the show. I'm going to be like Virginia Graham and sit in. Welcome to Max and Friends. <laughs> Today, we have an interesting show. It's one that I've been wanting to talk about more since our last show on being gay and loving God. This is a show kind of uh, titled Coming Out to God. Um, is God queer? Are we queer? What is religion? What is spirituality? What is sexual about your decision in life that leads you to think maybe you're not part of God's family? Does that make sense? Or how does your sexuality <laughs> rather? Oh, sex talk on a Sunday night. Here we go. Or a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, depending when you're listening on all podcasting platforms. If you want to follow me, follow me at Max Tucci on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm on both of those. You know, we've been doing this for 13 years. I have really a great show planned for this evening or for this day. Um, you know, I've been doing 13 years of Sunday night. <laughs> and so now with all podcasting platforms, it's like I have to change the pattern of pathology of my thought process into how I intro the show. So I get like a, like a tongue twisted for a minute or two. Um, yes, this is my office. I know you guys never see me on camera. But Sam has been asking me for years to do it. And then I had a wonderful lunch with a friend of mine, Patricia, who worked for CNN. And she's like, you need to be on camera. So I said, yeah, but, you know, it's like a whole nother dimension. It's a whole nother portal. Welcome you in to my life, into my home. And then it's like, well, I'll give you a hint. So here's the hint <laughs> of my life. What's on my desk? Alan Watts, this is it. The Wisdom of Insecurity by Alan Watts. You see the Alan Watts theme. Um, Cloud Hidden by Alan Watts and Step Up by Ash Beckham, Healing Crystals and Gemstones. Those are like the books on my desk right now. So it's fun to uh, to be here with you now on Max and Friends. Tonight, we have two guests that are joining me in just a moment. Candice Zubernat, she'll be here. And also Elena Thurston, she'll be here. And Candice is from The Christian Closet. And Elena is from prideandjoyfoundation.com. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot of topics here tonight that might make you feel a little bit uneasy. We might be um, disrupting some patterns and pathologies of theological beliefs. Um, we might upset you. Our intentions are not to do that, but to inspire, educate, motivate, and really just help you take life to the max. Take your spirituality, take your sexuality, take who you are born to be, which is you, which is who you are perfect at, and um, raise the frequency, raise the vibration, and just raise the smile. I want you to live a happy life. So let's bring in my guests, Candice Zubernat and Elena Thurston to Max and Friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, Thank you. Hi. I'm grateful that you're both here. We have a lot to discuss. We have a full show to do it. We're also going to play some music from my buddy Asheriz from Menudo. The song is Most Beautiful Light with the intentions that when we play the song, 
Y'all listeners just listen to it, trust it, and believe that you are a beautiful light. So with that said, I'm going to introduce Candice first to the show. Candice, give us the genesis of who you are, your story, and what led you to this now moment. Yeah. Well, I'm the founder of the uh, LGBTQ affirming telehealth platform, The Christian Closet. So my team and I see uh, LGBT people online for counseling and coaching, and we see people all over the world. And so I was raised in a conservative evangelical family and community. So I was at Bible college when I realized oh my God, I'm in love with a woman. This is horrible. Um, and that took me on a whole huge journey, right? I thought it was just going to be like a therapist on the mission field and marry Johnny and we were going to have mission field babies. And um, and then I wanted to marry Susan instead. And so um, I was, it, I mean, it, it really was a painful, to be more serious, it was a painful experience, right? Yeah. To be like, whoa, I now don't fit in the structure of faith. And so I don't get to have access to God if this, this gay thing is really true about me. Um, and what I found out was that that's a total lie. And mm. in fact, my being gay and queer is glorious and beautiful in a way that I deeply connect with God and the divine. Um, and so that's been my life's work to help others realize that and to be free and to know that God is bigger than the church and bigger than religion. And um, uh, you can be LGBT and, and have an amazing faith and experience of God. Mm. Well, amen. <laughs> a woman, a man. Yes. <laughs> and I see you, Elena, just like smiling with joy because I, th I know you told me from... Uh, pre-production, this is some of your story. So share your story, your genesis, and what brought you to this now moment. Yeah. So like a lot of people, I grew up in a really chaotic family. And by the time I hit my teens, I was asking those big questions like, how am I going to be a good parent? How am I going to be a good spouse? Because I don't see that modeled for me. And mm. what's my purpose? And what am I doing here? Right? All those big questions that teenagers have the balls to ask. Mm -hmm. And um, I got answers through a church. Um, it was the Mormon church and they had all the answers and that felt really good to me. And they had a whole checklist of things that I could do to make sure that I knew God loved me and that I was a good person. And I am all about the checklist. <laughs> so <laughs> I jumped into that with both feet. And by the time I was 20, I was married and sealed in the Mormon temple. And by the time I was 32, I had four kids. And by the time I was 37, I realized, oh crap, I am totally in love with my best friend. And I think I might be losing my mind. And I tried to fix myself, I'll put that in quotes, by enrolling myself in conversion therapy. And so I did that for six months. It was four days a week, two hours a day, uh, trying to be straight again so that I could get yeah. into heaven because I had worked a really long time to be the person God wanted me to be to earn my place in heaven. And I was going to lose all of that if I accepted my sexuality. What I didn't realize was that 57% of participants in conversion therapy end up suicidal, and that is where I was as well. And um, in my healing from that, I was able to connect the dots and realized, okay, if I truly believe God loves me, God made me this way, and 
God wouldn't hate something that they made. <laughs> so it was it was obviously a much longer deconstruction process mm -hmm. than that, but I was able to come through it on the other side. And that's when my eyes really opened to, oh my gosh, if I went down that path as a college-educated, white, privileged person, adult, what are these poor kids going through mm. who are being raised in the same culture that I was a part of? And so that kind of started the whole route towards the foundation. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I always joke, anything that's a religion with more men, sign me up. <laughs> 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 you know, again, we're going to say things on this show that are going to be controversial where people are not going to like us. And that's OK. We're <laughs> not asking you to like us. We're not even asking you to love us. We're asking you to hear us. Do you see me? Do you hear me? Do we matter? And that's what I think a lot of people are going through with the struggle. And I said, you know, if we're thinking about this, people are talking about this. And that's why I wanted to really create a show about coming out to God. And then through that, you know, just expanding on to spiritual trauma. Is God queer? What is God? Who is God? You know, we don't have all the theological answers right now to today's <laughs> biggest questions and hottest topics, but we can start the conversation. You know, I thank you both for sharing your stories. With my story, it's similar. I grew up in the Catholic Church. I was an altar boy. Um, and I joke to say, like, I was the um, I was like the altar boy for the bishop when he came in town. And then, like, I had a conversation years after, and I'll get back into my youth, but someone said, oh, you were an altar boy in the Catholic Church. Were you ever molested? And I'm like, what are you talking? <laughs> like, no, that was not part of my, mm -hmm. my journey. But then I really thought about the question to the point where it's like, it dawned on me why. And Elena, when you said the white privilege, I thought, you know what? My white privilege, I think, prevented me from being molested. Why? Because we could afford attorneys if something happened to me. And so when I really went down that journey and saw friends of mine who were, and just to see the economical, uh, the economic rather a background they had was completely different than mine. Do one and one go together? Not necessarily, but in my case and in this truth, it did. And so I found that very interesting to realize like, hmm, you know, this is why we have to share our stories and our truths and also help people who have been through a spiritual trauma, through a religious trauma, through some sort of trauma where they felt, okay, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, I'm queer, I'm LGBTQ, ABC, and D, whatever it is that you identify with, and say, am I loved? Is this okay? Why am I feeling that I'm less than when God is more than? When God is all that is, why am I feeling diminished? Why is my light being suffocated? And so, again, this show today is something that I feel will shake the foundations of a lot of religious beliefs. It will shake the foundation on antiquated beliefs. And what it will do is, you know, Iana Van, Van Sant says, when you surrender, it's not about like being killed over. It's about rejoicing your hands up, the hallelujah. <laughs> like, yes, this is who I am. So with who I am and with who God is, before we continue, Candice, can you define God? And Elena, I'll ask you the same question. Can you define God? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, I mean, I just love what Elena said about this checklist, right? Mm -hmm. I think that um, religions uh, and faith communities, the reason why there's a checklist is because there is something inside of us that says, I, I want to know this this God thing, this divine 
being and I want to be close and I want to please this divine being and I want to um, do what I can. And so we gather information and past uh, transcripts and we're trying our best. So it's built out of this like beautiful desire for goodness and closeness mm. with God. But then what happens is we start getting anxious and we start closing <laughs> in the walls and saying like, and so it's this narrow way or nothing. Mm. And so that's where we start to run into to trouble. And mm. that's where the trauma, you've, you've mentioned this word trauma so much, mm. um, is because then we start saying, well, I don't fit in this. And then people then those, those leaders in religion mm -hmm. or in the church start to say, well, if you don't fit in this thing, then that means that you don't fit with God. Mm. And that is traumatizing to someone's soul because we start to believe that there is something intrinsic, intrinsically wrong with mm -hmm. us rather than like, oh, that's just a person or that's just the church and mm -hmm. God and I are great. Um, so to define God, I mean, I actually, no one has ever asked me that before. And it's an overwhelming question, if I'm honest. Um, but for me, God is a spirit, a spiritual being that I find comfort with, mm. I find connection with, I find guidance from, um, enjoyment, uh, connection to the earth. Um, yeah, it, and the list goes on. And the list goes on. <laughs> and yeah. the list goes on. And for you, Elena, can you define God for yourself? You know, I often say if God is the sun, I am the sunlight. Mm. I feel like I've come to a place in my life where God is within instead of without. Um, especially the more I study quantum physics and quantum mm. mechanics, the, the theoretical Part of it, even like the physical mechanics of that even plays out, which I really love. I love that it organizes that way. Um, I truly feel like God and I are one. And mm -hmm. so um, an organized religion and theology isn't necessary for me to have a, a relationship with God because it's truly working on my relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, Panash Desai was once on the show. He's part of the Oprah Super Soul 100. And I asked him the same question. Can you define God? And he was silent, quiet. And he said, to try to define God is to minimize God. And I thought about that and I said, okay. But then also to define God is our personal relationship with who God is in our life. Mm -hmm. um, and I agree. I, there's the song from the pur color purple. It says, God, not some gloomy old man like the pictures you see of him. God, not even a man at all. God is inside me and everyone else. And when I finally look inside, I found him. Mm -hmm. So for me, God is all that is. Um, and the definition, it's words. You know, we make them up every day. We even make up silence because we create the silence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the silence is the symphony to sound, some say. You know, the duality of silence and sound and everything and words and whatnot. But it's interesting because as you're saying that, Candace, the narrowing of who we are in the church. I remember... Ooh, I'm going to share a story that y'all don't know about me here. I'm Max and Friends, but it's a good one. <laughs> so I remember my first experience going to a strip club, and that man was fine as hell. And I was like, do I hook up with him or don't I? And, you know, it's like, I didn't have a crystal to ask at that time. <laughs> Look, speaking of my desk, right? Here's my little bit. Do I? Should I sleep with him? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so, you know, you're in the moment of, like, joy, of, like, 
this is a celebration. I've never felt this way before. Why does this feel so good if it's so bad? And is this the devil or is this like, no, this is like, well, how are you doing? So um, I remember vividly, we were at the club and um, he had like this big old Lincoln Town car and he's like, so what you doing? I'm like, what you doing? <laughs> so anyway, went and did my thing, you know, just had fun, innocent fun. Um, my mother referred to him as a pen pal. So um, I had fun with my pen pal and it was a very brief moment in the car. And um, I said, oh my God, like afterwards I was like, oh, I have to, I have to go to church. <laughs> like, what did I just do? <laughs> it was like, I just felt so cheap and dirty and not because he was a stripper and it was in the parking lot of a car, but because I felt my spirituality and my connection with God was compromised. Um, this is what I was taught. So the patterns and pathologies of theological conversations had to be disrupted. And so I did, I went to a church. I was the only white boy in this black church in Stanford, Connecticut. And um, I went to my pastor's house and I was like, I can't believe what I did. And she was like, it's okay. And it was the first time, and this was not the Catholic church, obviously <laughs> I had gone through, you know, everything I called at the time I called myself a Jukabu. I was a Jew Christian Buddhist. Whatever that meant, it worked for me. I wanted to learn everything about religions and all the religions that are, you know, on this earth and what do they mean to everyone. And so, and then when I was studying Hinduism, it's like, okay, there's more than one God. So now I'm really confused. So the narrowing of this box, like you had said, Candace, is that sometimes church, religion can put us into a place where it's dark, it's scary, and it's, it's another closet. It's not necessarily the gay closet, it's the shame closet. And as Ash Beckham says, a closet is no place to live. And it's having the hard conversations. So tonight we enjoy, we enjoy your conversations. I join you, join us, join me here right now to have this conversation, this hard conversation. Um, I hope you join us in this conversation. And don't tune out because you feel uncomfortable. Um, what I've learned over the years is that when you feel uncomfortable, it's just you have the patterns and pathologies that you were taught are being tested a little bit and they might be broken. So stay with us, endure it. If you love us, love us. And if you hate us, let us know why. At Max Tucci, tweet me and Instagram me. You can even email me, max at maxtucci.com. I really wanna know. Um, I believe in stretching this conversation as far as we can. So what was interesting when you did say about that box, Candace, I'm going back to that, with um, Elena, you were fly fishing when you were still in that narrow box. And yeah. what did that fly fishing moment introduce to you? So my religion had really taught me and I had very much embraced as an adult, this concept of uh, the body is carnal and the body is the source of temptation. And so mm. you need to subdue it. You need to withstand it. You need to be stronger than your body. That's why we fasted for two days every month was to be stronger than the body. As well as in the Mormon religion, they have, after you've gone through the temple and received your endowments, you wear um, temple clothing, which is like underclothing. It was very much compared to like Catholic priest robes. It was a symbol mm. of a covenant, right? But you all but had you some did... lucky charms too. Because oh, <laughs> yeah. they're magically oh, yeah. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so we would wear this clothing under our clothes. And it, the other part of it was that it ensured modesty. You couldn't wear any short skirts or even sleeveless shirts because you would be showing your temple garments. So I had gone almost 20 years without really seeing my body. Like I'd get wow. out of the shower and put my garments on right away. 
You know, that was the rule. And so I was very disconnected from my body. And I had never done anything like yoga or meditation that was way too woo-woo for the Mormons. <laughs> and so I, in fly fishing, you have to be like so focused. You cannot have 437 tabs up in your brain, right? Like you have to shut it all down so that you can be just completely focused. And it was in those moments that I realized I really like being in my body. I'm safe in my body. My body has stuff to tell me that I haven't been listening to for a really long time. And so that was definitely, it's funny because there's a joke in the lesbian community that CrossFit makes you lesbian. But for <laughs> me, it was definitely fly fishing. <laughs> I want to go fly fishing. Will I become a lesbian? Absolutely. <laughs> I do. And the, the, the way you broke that down was all the tabs open. You know, we need to shut those tabs in our lives to be like, who am I and why am I here? And can I be gay and love God? Candace, what does it mean to you to come out to God? And has that question ever been presented to you? Yeah. First, I do want to affirm, Elena, you have a very gay story. Uh, <laughs> I mean, fly fishing, that is so lesbian. Way to go. I Thank love you. it. And what you don't know either is also there was um, weight training before that, right? You drove there in your Subaru, I'm sure. Yep. After uh, installing a kitchen cabinet, let's just yeah. be so general, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting way to pose the question, uh, coming out to God. And I mean, in, in a way, God, of course, knew before I did. Um, it, I wasn't, it wasn't until I was in college when I had this experience. I, before that, I was so sheltered. I had never met a gay person. I didn't know what gay was. I, you know, at no point was I like, do I like women? Because that wasn't a thing anywhere. Mm. Um, and even when I fell in love with a woman for the first time in college, it still wasn't a thing. I mean, this was, you know, uh, 1999 is early 2000s. And the, um, so culture was different back then. Um, but in a similar way to you, Max, I had this, um, you know, I, I confessed this what I thought was a sin to many people, to Christian therapists and my professors and the people at my school and my pastor. And I prayed and fasted for years and all of that, what, what all of this work and confessing did was that it made me hate myself and want to destroy myself. Wow. 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 And so it was just in the self-destructive spinning out place and thinking that I just somehow was so horrible and bad. And it wasn't until I did this thing that every person of faith had told me not to do that I, that I found God again. Every person of faith said, if you are, if you ever even just kiss a woman, you will feel, you will be so far from God. But it was in actually my first kiss with a woman, the person who's now my wife, that it was like this like rushing river and air filled the car. And it was just like, <laughs> Oh my God, I could breathe for the first time in forever. You can exhale. You can I exhale. Yeah. And I'm getting chills even now. And I'm like, I kissed oh the my girl. God, everyone had been wrong. <laughs> yes. Everyone had been wrong. No, I feel God. God is here. And God is yes. breathing into this car saying, this is how I made you. And this is beautiful and good. Mm. And so it was like, God knew way before I did. I just kept listening to all these other people. Well, let's talk God. about those people real quick. Cause they're listening. Yeah. 
and they're saying, no, you're still going to hell. What do you say to them? I would say, wow, it's really, you don't have access to God more than me. You do not hear from God better than me. You do not hear from God better than anyone. We all have equal access to the divine. Mm. And God and I are so good. I love we all have equal access to the divine. That is a tweet, tweet right there. Hashtag. We all have equal access to the divine. I'm writing it down. I encourage you to do the same. <laughs> that is bumper sticker. <laughs> but, but Max, I think that people, especially from the Catholic and the Mormon religion mm. would say, well, honey, we're the only true church. Right. We're the only ones with the priesthood. So mm. even if Candace was an active member, she wouldn't have been have had access to the priesthood. Right. So I think there's like another level of ex exclusivity to say, mm. no, we don't all have access to the divine. I have yeah. the priesthood, which means I'm closer to God mm. than you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting, I remember when I first had a confrontation with the priest, it was like, why do I need to go to you to go to God? <laughs> like, I'm confused. And it was like, we're going to shut you down. And I was like, one day I will have a platform where you won't be able to. <laughs> yeah. And here it's called we are. patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. called patriarchy. Yeah. It's called power. Yeah. Like, of course, they want us to distrust our bodies. They yeah. want us to distrust our desire and our right. intuition. And they want us to think that they are the only way that we can get to God because then right. they can control it. They yeah, can control, it's all control us and our narrative. It's, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. And for you who are going through that terrifying moment right now, we're here for you. And both um, Elena and Candace have resources. So Elena, tell us about your foundation and how people can follow it, how they can reach you. And if they're going through something right now, I love the saying, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Don't mm -hmm. stop. So how do we get a hold of you and tell us about your foundation yeah, pride and joy foundation is an on all of the platforms we're everywhere it's awesome i have an incredible team behind me making that happen i tend to just screw it up when i get involved <laughs> um yeah so our mission is to reduce the rate of suicide and homelessness within the lgbtq community because our rates are drastically higher than the straight population and there's a reason for that and for us we really feel like we can combat that through inclusion and we have found that the most impactful way to increase inclusion is going where people are motivated to actually learn, which in my culture, for example, my ex-husband, he only listened to two people in his life, his priesthood authority and his boss who signed his paycheck. So if it had come from his boss of sexuality is not chosen, right? Lesbians aren't going to hell. Like if there were some things, some basic concepts there that he had been taught through his HR programs at work, our <laughs> divorce would have been much better. <laughs> so we, as a foundation, we've gone to corporations and we host workshops and things to increase allyship at work where they are financially and legally motivated to learn those concepts. And what we found is that then those people go home to their families and they sit at the dinner table and say, I learned about non-binary today. Do you have any non-binary friends? And their teenagers are like, yeah, dad, I do. Because they always <laughs> do. <laughs> and so that conversation actually happens and that allyship increases throughout the entire community, which is a beautiful thing. So that's kind of what our foundation focuses on right now. But we have programs to 
prevent suicide in college students that are LGBTQ. We have programs to support the parents whose kids have come out during the pandemic, which is a mm -hmm. huge thing right now. During the pandemic, people really went inward, kids included, and really figured out who the hell they are. And now they've come out to their parents and their parents are like, oh, we're the only ones. We're the only ones with a 13-year-old coming out to us. And I'm here to say, no, you're not. One in three 13-year-olds are coming out to their parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, one in three. Yeah. So prideandjoyfoundation.com for more yeah. information. And Candace, tell us about The Christian Closet. Yeah. So you can find us at thechristiancloset.com. Um, my Instagram Instagram is lesbian therapist, um, which people seem to like. <laughs> I'm uh, so amazed that you got it. Uh, yes, I know. I was so excited. I That's did a happy great. dance. I did a happy dance. Um, but we, uh, or you can, you can email us at info at thechristiancloset.org. Um, and you for have those a huge network there. I do. Yeah. So I have a team of therapists and we see people literally all over the world online for counseling and coaching. So we have someone in Australia, Hong Kong, the UK, um, people that are in the military serving overseas, people in the South and the East Coast. So it's, it's just, it's global. a beautiful global. global. We're global. Yes. And a global you know, industry. Working through that church trauma, the spiritual trauma, the exact things that we're talking about yes. when um, you don't know if you're gay, but you think you might be, or you're in your first same-sex relationship and it's really hard, or you know, all of these dynamics of spirituality and your LGBTQ identity, those are the kinds of things that we yeah. meet with people. Um, or you're in your, in your 10th same-sex relationship and it's still really hard. That's right. We <laughs> right? have a sex therapist and couples therapists Beautiful. and uh, all those kinds of things. And then for the straight family members, we have another site called progressivechristiancounseling.com. And um, we have a team of therapists and coaches over there working with uh, straight folks um, through, uh, you know, their spiritual issues and, and helping support their yeah. kids and family and members their experiences. as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to have an experience here right now. We're going to play some music. One of my best friends in the whole world is Ash Ruiz. Um, Ash, actually, I spoke to him before the show. And it's 3.33 in the pre-record time. So there's just something heavenly happening right now. So I want to acknowledge it and thank it. But um, so Ash is going to join us. And I hope you two come back and join Ash and I to continue this conversation. It's not that we're going anywhere now. We're going to play a song. But I just want to let you know, hear the words, hear the song, Most Beautiful Light by Asherah's on Max and Friends. And when we're back, we're going to ask the question, get the answers. Is God queer? Don't hate us, but love us. We'll be right back. I'm your host, Max Tucci for Max and Friends. Like if you was a fire, I'd be scared as hell and I 
beat up another tree Play your night and come here Kiss me and whisper the secrets of the universe So I can scribble down and say to me my man first But I will respect your brilliance like some poetry You are my modern happiness, come be around me And all I wanna do is sing you love songs All I wanna do is sing love songs But I won't rock them too long so we can get it up You got a heart as vast as the sky We're back. We are back, Sam. What's everyone listening to? You have my little jingle? <laughs> All right. If not, we'll carry on. LA Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. Yes, this is Max and Friends. That was Ashru's most beautiful light. 13 years we're here. Where have you been? Follow me at Max Tucci. Let me know what's going on in your life. There's a quote that you sent me. Um, Elena, that says, validating your queerness in the Bible is like going on a scavenger hunt. The truth exists inside of you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Who said that? And why does it resonate with you? Yeah, my good friend, Coach K, uh, K, K um, she's queer on purpose on Instagram. She dropped that recently. And man, it resonated because of my experience of going... In the Mormon religion, you have to go every year to interview with your bishop to qualify for your temple recommend, which is this little piece of paper that you have to show the temple workers before you're allowed to go in. And it shows, it proves that you're worthy, mm -hmm. that you're worthy of entering the building. 
And so the very first thing that happened when I confessed my same-sex attraction was my temple recommend was taken away. And I spent the next many, many months trying to become worthy of that piece of paper again. And what that was was trying to prove to outside people, my bishop, my conversion therapist, that I was straight, that I was worthy, that I was good enough to go into the temple and commune with God. So I think in trying, I was going through the scriptures over and over and over, the Bible, the Book of Mormon, the Old Testament, the New Testament, trying to find the proof that God still loved me. Because if I couldn't feel that God loved me, I didn't know how I was going to go on and keep this repentance process going and keep this process of trying to prove my worth. And I couldn't find it. Uh I couldn't, even though there's so much richness there with the love that God has for us, I couldn't find it because it was inside me. Uh If I can't find that truth inside me, I'm not going to be able to find it anywhere else, even scriptures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Candace, I'm sure being a therapist, you hear this all the time. What do you tell our listeners who are having that experience that Elena is having that are feeling, I, I, I don't know where to find it. I don't know if I'm loved. What am I supposed to do? What do you offer to our listeners tonight? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I could just feel the heaviness and imagining this moment, Elena, when, you know, you've you are getting uh, told that you can't connect with God, you can't go into the temple uh, for this thing that is actually just a part of you, the way that God created you. And I know even if you're not Mormon, we, we many of us have had similar experiences. And so I can personally remember those moments of heaviness and just uh, isolation. To me, um, you are absolutely right. There is God is inside of you and outside of you. But also, this sounds super dorky, but I really love the Bible. Um, I have found really interesting, like a queer Bible commentary and a feminist Bible commentary. And um, in the in that realizing that there are lots of beautiful and diverse ways of experiencing and interpreting the Bible. And in the beginning, uh, one translation says, you know, God says, let us make them in our image, Uh in our image. And when I started to read that through a queer lens, I was like, oh, my God. God is so (laughs) gay. God is so queer. (laughs) You know, and that it was just so exciting to me to see uh, an see God say these very queer things. And in fact, the first, you know, in the Bible, whatever you believe about creation, um, even if it, even if you don't believe in this literal God made people, there is this story where God made the first person. And actually that first person did not first have a gender. Yes, eventually that first person did have a gender, but in the beginning it was, it, it was just a being. Uh-huh. And uh, that God's first being would be, you know, maybe encapsulate all genders and no genders all at the same time. That's incredibly exciting to me. Uh-huh. Um, and so I would say, not only is it inside of you and God is speaking and you can hear God through your own voice, um, but also there are really diverse, exciting ways to look at scripture. 
There are. You know, what, speaking of God and his creations, I love to joke, and when I say with Jesus, I'm like, Jesus was like the gayest of them all. He hung out with 12 men on the top of a mountain and hung out with prostitutes. Hello. <laughs> like, I want to hang out with 12 guys on the top of a mountain and meditate. But um, And people come at me for saying that, and I love it. And I said, no, it's just an expression of, like, enjoy all that is. You know, like if Jesus can hang out with like the sinner, then be the sinner so that Jesus hangs out with you. You know, it's like embrace your truth and your love. So even if you think about so that there are these Pharisees in the Bible and they were always Mm. trying to trick Jesus. And so they were constantly saying, oh, we're going to we're going to remind you of this like law from the Old Testament Mm -hmm. and we're going to get you stuck. Mm. And every single time Jesus was like. I'm going to blow your mind by giving you a new category (laughs) and I'm going to just show you how silly it is to just follow these tight little rules and laws. And that it's about something much bigger and something much more radical. Love. Love. What does love mean to you, Elena? Describe it and define it. Hmm. For me, love is alignment with your true self. Mm -hmm. So when I am aligned with my true self, I can feel incredible love for myself and others, my children, my partner, um, the haters online, right? When I am not aligned with my true self, it's hard. I can't access that feeling. Mm. Um, so for me, that's that's where love is. It is a burning, beautiful feeling of joy that I can only access when I have focused on aligning with who I really am and not with what the world is telling me I am. And for you, Candace, what is love? God, I love I love your questions. Um, so there's a scripture that you know says like, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself." And and so we're sort of taught we're supposed to sacrifice ourselves to give to God and to give to other people. And I think great, sure, but you cannot give what you don't have. And so absolutely, you have to start with loving yourself. And there are lots of broken, lonely, split off parts of ourselves that we've been pushing into the closet. We've been pushing into the dark places, the parts of us that we're not sure about, the parts of us that we feel shame about. We need to like tenderly gather up all those parts and hold them and love them and speak affirmations to them. And when we are integrated and loving all the parts of ourselves, then we can love our neighbor and we can love mm. our children and our wives and our husbands and, and love God. And so uh, that's where the center of love is to start with yourself. Beautiful. And Elena, what do you tell people who are listening right now that might be going through a situation where suicide is an option because they feel that God doesn't love them? What do you say? It's the scariest place I've ever been to realize You know, the trick of conversion therapy is that it doesn't work. It's never been proven to work. But if it doesn't work on you, that's because you're not trying hard enough. You're not praying hard enough. Or you're so broken that God doesn't want to answer your prayer of healing you and making you straight again. And so that talk about worthless, right? Like here I was striving to be worthy of my temple recommend, but I felt no worth because I was begging to God to fix me and make me straight every day. And that prayer was not being answered, which means God must not want me in heaven. And that is a very slippery, fast slope to suicide because the pain is so big 
And so you think the only way I can escape this pain is by ending this life. And the trick for me was a very wise person telling me, you think ending your own life will stop the pain. It won't. It spreads it around. And so the thought of my four kids having any fraction of the pain that I was in was enough to stop that concept and for me to go get help. So I think that's what I would tell anyone who's struggling because that's what we're, what what made it through the fog to my heart mm-hmm. was the thought of someone I loved so much feeling any amount of that pain. I was not going to be the one to do that to them. I was that's when I was willing to go get help. And Candace, what is your prayer now for for humanity? Let me not ask too much. I got a list, Max. (laughs) Well, we're here's what I know for sure. We're gonna have to wrap it up pretty soon. So, what's on the top of that list? (laughs) Yeah, I mean that you would know yourself as deeply loved and chosen. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. Period. Uh, Yeah. And Elena, what's your prayer right now Mm. for our listeners? We'll start with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, my prayer is that we can recognize the humanity in all of us. You know, that we can recognize that all of us as different as we are from hugely different ideological spectrums, right, on the different sides, we can still recognize, okay, yeah, you burp and fart and poop and pee just like I do, right? Like we're all humans, no matter what our sexual orientation or our religion or our faith or any of it is, we're all human and we all have life and that life is precious. And what do we need to do to value that life? Love, 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 love. My prayer for all you listeners and viewers, I know this is new for you and me, is very simple. It goes back to the song from The Color Purple. Dear God, Dear stars, dear trees, dear sky, dear peoples, dear everything, dear God. God is inside me and everyone else. That was or ever will be. I came into this world with God, and when I finally look inside, I found it. Just as close as my breath is to me. You are God, my listeners and my friends, because we are collectively all that is. I love you for tuning in. I know that this show might have uh, triggered some of you to have some spiritual trauma. And I know we mentioned at the top of the show, so I know we're going to have to talk about it because the illusion of time is before us. So on that note, Candace and Elena, can we figure out a time where we can all get together again? And hopefully Ash can join us to continue this conversation. That would be lovely. I would love that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you both for joining me here on Max and Friends. Before we go, what is it that you want our listeners to take with them into this week, Candice? Um, if you're hearing this and you're not sure and, and you connect with anything that we've said, reach out. Reach, reach out. out. This, is, this is your sign. At Lesbian Therapist. At Lesbian Therapist. <laughs> That's right. How fun is that? And Elena, for you, what do you want our listeners to take with them into this week? Love yourself and love your family. Beautiful. And they can find you where? Prideandjoyfoundation.com. Beautiful. And this is what I want you to take with you into this week. Love yourself and those that hate you, love them even more. I love you for tuning in to Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. You can find me at Max Tucci, both on Instagram and Twitter. Email me, max at maxtucci.com. And let me know really how this show 
If anything, I want to know it all. If you hated the show, tell me why. And if you love the show, share it with a friend. I love you for tuning in. Until next time, remember, good night, good karma, good morning, good karma, good afternoon, just good karma. And take life to the max. I'm Max Tucci for Max and Friends. Thank you. Oh.